No. Of course your health is serious. The reason I did this was to make people take the right thing seriously and give you tools to see what you know isn't going to help you. A lot of people stand to profit off you taking the wrong things really seriously. So I'm just trying to cut through those narratives. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the show. So I know that I have not been nearly as consistent on here, and I would like to apologize to that and also thank the few people that did reach out to me on Instagram. So if I ever get quiet on here, it is typically because I am being less quiet on YouTube and I have limited time to edit. I work full time, so leave all the links to all of that below, but I put out a ton of different styles of free resources, so never feel like you can't get the answers you're looking for. Today, I am here with owner of Norwatic CrossFit and head coach Rob. We are going to talk about the CrossFit Open. I think this is something that many people stress over just just the idea of it. It's not even necessarily their performance. They get so worked up about the actual open itself. And we're going to talk about a few things that maybe you can do and the things that maybe won't make as much of a difference that we see a lot of people trying to do. Let's start this off. Rob, please give me a brief overview. What is the CrossFit Open? The CrossFit Open is an online competition that is the largest fitness participation event in the entire world. Hundreds of thousands of people do it. The most fun part about the open is typically when we talk about the CrossFit open, we talk about people, you know, going to an affiliate to do it. And it gets really exciting to cheer your friends on and stuff. But the other side of that is people take this very seriously. And a lot of people do use it as a marker for themselves. So they begin CrossFit and they do, you know, their first ever open. And that's really exciting. But then the following year, you get to see sort of how you stack up, right? So if you came in 20,000th your first year and you come in 15,000th in your second year, you can see an obvious improvement. And with that, I think a lot of people start to look for other metrics that will give them that same information. They might look in the wrong places. The week or maybe three-ish weeks leading up to the open, people start to worry about certain things, certain things that may not actually help them by the time that first open workout comes. Rob, what do you see people kind of trying to do or trying to make up for in that initial period right before the open starts? Yeah. I mean, to back up just a little bit, I think the open is very specific in what it tests. Like historically it tests 13 movements on the dot. And if you haven't kind of figured out all of those movements right now, they are not in a great place. I mean, we're as a recording, like three weeks away, right? So if you like anything that is supposed to be figured out once a year, if you start trying to get ready for it with 20, 22 days left, you're in a pretty crazy spot which is a large part of why we wanted to do this was basically to state, yes, like it is too late to have a dramatic impact. Like you're not going to, you're not going to get a year's worth of progress in three weeks. It's just not going to happen. However, there are plenty of things that you can do. If you know the test is coming, what can you do to do the best you possibly can on the test? Even if you can't learn any more material, like that's the place that we're in. And if that's the case for the CrossFit Open, I would say whatever skills you don't have, take five or 10 minutes to practice them multiple times a week, specifically double unders, pistols, ones that you could reasonably figure out one or two and one or two of them will make a huge difference. Like you'll just be someone who has one versus someone who has none. Or if you're somebody who has one and you can then figure out like five, right? So if you, if you're somebody who has pull-ups and dips, you haven't quite figured out bar muscle-ups. Yeah. If you get one in the next three weeks, Maybe you can't do it on command every single time, but if you have even remotely increased likelihood that you do one 
I mean, you can move up tens of thousands of spots. Granted, part of the reason I also wanted to talk about this today was I think participation for this open is going to be the worst we've ever seen, at least in the United States. If that's you, I wouldn't feel bad. Talking percentage-wise, there was a point when our affiliate had 50% participating, and now we might maybe get like 3% of our members doing the open. So a lot of people feel burnt out from a lot of stuff that's been happening. Uh, We also historically see a quarter of all people sign up when it actually starts. So it's still there's still time to actually sign up. But going back to the skill thing, I would say mix in skills in a low stress way on the off chance that you get one. It's worth the the time and effort. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's also something though you have to be realistic about where you're at. Like you said, if you have pull-ups and dips, maybe you want to start trying bar muscle ups and just starting to talk to your coaches about techniques and things like that. But the thing that we will see often is I think sometimes people overestimate where they are at because they get really excited and we can all do that. We'll be like, Oh yeah, like this, this, this shouldn't be that bad. I can figure this out. And then I have seen people literally injure themselves leading up to the open because they're like, Oh, you know, I I don't have any strict pull-ups and I can't really do dips, but bar muscle-ups will help my placement so much. Like I'll just start hammering bar muscle-ups and trying them. And then, you know, failing and failing and failing. And once you are failing a movement a million times, if you're failing it, it means you're not doing it correctly. Right. And you might not have the actual, you know, equipment to do it correctly. Physiologically, you might not be able to the idea of doing a movement in an incorrect way a million times before an open isn't going to make the push for the work you did not do the rest of the year. It is not going to make up for the fact that you do not have pull-ups and dips in the first place by hammering bar muscle-ups and swinging yourself at the bar and hoping for the best. (laughs) That is not what we're talking about here. And that is being realistic. It's having the awareness to go, okay, I have not worked on my pull-ups nor my dips all year. I am not going to move up a bunch of placements by trying to get bar muscle ups. That's not my path here. Your path is how are your double unders? Just like Rob said, can you do a handstand? Can you maybe get five feet of handstand walking? Like there's little things that we can do to improve our placement massively. Like for women, especially the year that I got bar muscle ups, I, my placement in the open was so far ahead of anything I had ever done because a lot of the women's side of things, a lot of the participants don't have bar muscle up. So it just simply by having them moves you up. But the thing is you have to remember there's prerequisites that I did in order to do that for the rest of the year. And that was kind of the main chunk of things we wanted to talk about is just because you get excited about the open, the preparation is not during the excitement period. You have to be excited for the remaining 90% of the year. And your best bet is not to do the five minutes before class. That is great. If you are already here and you're doing the open in three weeks, yes, fabulous. But then after it's over, (laughs) instead of doing that again next year, maybe this time we think, okay, I only go to class three times per week. Could I add a fourth day? Things like that are your 1% money makers. And the 1% things compound. It's your 1% more likely to do better in your next workout if you mobilize and you recover after the last one. Then in that next workout, you do the same thing. The next workout goes even better. These things are compounding and it's not the three weeks before the open nor the three weeks during the open. 
it's the rest of the year. And I know that Rob has a lot to say about this. So I'm actually going to kind of let him take the floor now. Yeah, I think you touched on something really important. Well, a couple of things, but one of the more important things is kind of realizing your level of participation or what level of participation on your side is appropriate. Historically, I break CrossFitters into different categories based on how much they train and not how much you spend draped over a foam roller or like on your phone at the gym, but how much you actually train per week. So when I, I usually break people into like full recreational is like zero to six. If you train up to six hours, that person can be very, very fit. They can be one of the fittest people, you know, they're full recreational. Let's just call it what it is. There aren't people who train that little in the bell curve that are better than say, like making it to quarterfinals and then getting absolutely smushed by one of the workouts. Like that's just the way it is. All right. So you might make it into the top 10% of participants, of course, depending on your activities you did before. And then after that, there's like amateur semi-pro that person can be like six to 12 or six to 14 hours a week, right? If you're actually training six to 12, six to 14 hours a week, chances are you're better than basically everybody that you work out with or like goes to your gym. If you're actually trying hard for that amount of time, every single week year round. And then after that, you get into the like semi-pro sponsored, that type of person. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a part-time job. If you're there 14 plus hours of actual training and actual preparation, yeah, like you're going to be better than pretty much everybody. Um, so kind of use that as a oversimplification of what to expect. If you're in the zero to six category, you might not do every workout RX regardless of how much you care. And that's okay. Like if I do the open this year, I'll probably do the whole thing scaled because I'll get a better workout the entire time. And it's totally fine. I'm not preparing like somebody who wants to be in the top 10%. It's just the way it is for me right now. Like maybe, maybe I sneak in at 10% on the dot because I train five to seven hours a week. When I used to train 10 or 12 hours a week, my expectation was to be top 10%. Now it's like, if all of the workouts go my way and I have no major stressors in my life, maybe it's a miracle that it happens. Like, like, so you're saying there's a chance, right? Like that's where it's at. When I trained twice as much, I was like, oh yeah, I'm for sure going to be top 10%. Like it's no big deal. It's going to be fine. Using that as a framework is very helpful. Like know if you're doing this as an intramural, you're not going to accidentally beat people who do this the entire time you watch TV. And that doesn't make you a bad person, right? There are people who just want to do this way more. And especially as the sport increases with money, I know a lot of people have feelings about major corporations coming into it. When someone is willing to hand a handstand push-upper a multi-million dollar contract, more people are going to spend more time getting really, really fast at handstand push-ups and deadlifts. It's just the way it is, especially if that person is in their late teens, early twenties and has been athletic their whole life. And someone's like, Hey, you're pretty good at this. Like come train all the time. You know, like we're building a professional sport. The sport is already a professional sport. And now there's just more money coming into it. Like if you're more worried about your mortgage than you are about your Diane PR, like you're not going to hang with the people who feel the opposite way. I mean, we've touched on this pretty much every conversation we've had, because I think it is Probably the biggest battle that we fight as coaches is getting people to understand that just because you care about something a lot, it doesn't actually mean 
anything. And that's a really hard pill to swallow. Like you can be a really shitty husband and really care about your wife, you know, deep down in your heart. But if you don't act accordingly, that marriage is going to fail, right? We have to take care of the things we care about. And that's everything in life. And this is not different just because you really care. And the five hours that you are in the gym per week are really hard effort and you really put your time in and you recover from it and you get up early so you can still go to work and all that stuff. That's awesome. Like there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Just as Rob said, the flip side of that is you have to understand how many people are willing to do that. And it's a lot. There are a lot of people that wake up and go to the gym or go to the gym after work. And they do that five times a week. And then, you know, the rest of the time they exist, they take care of their family and they have a full-time job that is either really stressful or whatever it is. Everyone has their shit, right? But the difference is how many people are willing to sacrifice X, that's how many people are going to go to that next level. Then, okay, how many people are willing to now sacrifice Y? Oh, okay, that eliminates everyone that was just ready to sacrifice X. There are levels to the commitment. And I think just because something feels like you're really committed to it. When I first started CrossFit, I was going six times a week and I thought that I was a goddamn superhero. I was like, bitch, no one goes like to work out six times a week before work. Like no one is doing this. Like, but just because it's not the norm in the circles that you sort of tend to be around of just kind of people that, you know, pushups like aren't their essence. It's, it doesn't necessarily mean that around the world with how many people that there are, there is always going to be someone that is willing to do what you don't even really consider as an option. When I'm like, Oh, like, are you willing to quit your job over this? People laugh. They're like, fucking no. Like, of course not. I have to work my job. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, you truly don't. You, Matt Frazier lived in his parents' basement with an assault bike as his cuddle buddy for years, right? That's like what he did. You don't have to do anything. And there's incredible freedom with that. It now, with that freedom, shows you that it's all your responsibility as well. You can ditch your wife, ditch your kids, ditch your job. Those are all things that people have done in life. Maybe not for the right reasons, but you can do it. It's just what you are willing to do. And you have to be okay with that. If you are not willing to ditch things that are very important to you, you shouldn't. I'm not saying ditch your wife. I am saying your wife is important to you for a reason. She brings something to your life. And if that is not worthy of replacing, if CrossFit does not bring more to your life than your wife, yes, she has to be a better priority, right? And you are not going to have the time that it takes to spend on a relationship to spend training. And that's okay. You have to expect that the person that gave up dating, marriage, whatever to do this, they have that time. (laughs) They have the time. And it's all about the time and effort that you have reserved for this. And then there's another component. When you're at the very top, you can give up your whole shit and you're probably never going to beat Frazier. And that's okay. That's okay. We were all in a pandemic for how long that we were actually locked down. And everyone that was like, you know, if I had all the time in the world, blah, 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 I bet I'd be fit too. Yet I'm not seeing too many Matt Frazier lookalikes walking around. It's, it's okay to not have (laughs) CrossFit as your top priority, which is a ridiculous sentence, but I think people need to hear it. Yeah. I mean, there's also what's realistic. Like, don't quit your day job is a really important thing to remind people about, or like in your case, don't ruin your heteronormative marriage. Like not that important. Like we see certain avatars, right? I mean, I made an oversimplification of training 
time. If you train X amount of time, most of those people progress to this level, right? You, it's very difficult to train 20 hours a week and not be better than a lot of the people who train a third the time that you do, right? Especially if you're doing anything that makes even remotely any sense. I mean, the other thing is, yeah, we're looking at certain avatars. Someone who's good at CrossFit typically at this point makes it at least a part-time job level commitment. And that's, again, the sport component. And the other reason I feel like we're seeing a massive drop in participation outside of people's ability to overcome just day-to-day stressors decreasing is because of that. Like We see less adults trying to make it to professional sports leagues because it's not realistic. Like You see somebody snatch 1.5 body weight who also runs a sub 20 minute 5k it's kind of disheartening especially if you don't have the ability to make a long-term plan right if you're not like oh where am i at how far could i get in five years right you just see that and then you see your score right? the direct comparison whatever that stoic quote about comparison being the thief of joy like in this case it is if you do an open workout and then you go look at a person who has a sponsorship with a shoe company do the same open workout you're going to feel really weird about it and that's okay like they're a professional. So like you're saying, use it as a comparison tool for yourself. Look at how you did last year, right? Maybe you do more workouts RX, or maybe you do like you finish the whole open. That was a big thing when the open was longer. People just dropped off the face of the earth. The other thing is understand it's a competition. This is something that people are going to try really, really hard on. And you need to have the ability to handle that stress, right? You need to have the ability to be like, wow, like this is going to be voluntarily very, very stressful. And that's why I said, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be scaled so I can take a more like intramural or beer league approach to this thing. Because for me, I've now done it a bunch of times. I understand I'm not in a place where I'm going to do well compared to the people who are working really, really hard. I'd rather do it in a way that's more fun. I'd rather do it in a way that's like, yeah, I'm doing it and other members of this community are doing it. And we have something we can talk about instead of being in a place where whatever, like you wake up early, you go to bed late to train. Cause that's the reality of the RX division. Like there are other kind of metrics that people are saying. Now, if you want to be an RX athlete, you squat double body weight, you have 10 unbroken ring muscle ups, you et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like there are, there's a laundry list of things on an Excel file on my Google drive. I don't know that I hit half of them anymore. And like, that's, it takes a lot of work and that's okay. I think you can have a lot of fun with something, but you go to like your adult soccer league, like you're like, yeah, like this is going to be fun. If you went one day and it was whatever, the New England revolution, like you would not have fun. You would have zero fun. Everybody would make you look really stupid and you'd feel really bad. Like participate at the level that's appropriate to you. And then the last thing really is use it, like use it as a standardized test, right? Like the best thing you can do in this situation is not think, oh, I'm defined by my placement. It's to think, what did I do well? Where did I place in the world percentage-wise at this, this, and this? And then use that. And you can look at it and be like, okay, like this is a snapshot of my fitness on this day. Realistically, it's more indicative than you think. Even if you're like, oh, I really messed up in round four. Like, no, like you're still <laughs> going to perform similarly. We see that all the time with retests. People will retest two days later, sell their soul, go like four seconds faster. That's like, maybe that four seconds matters, but for some people, it just doesn't just use it as a snapshot and be like, oh, like relative to the CrossFit population, I'm really good at hang squat cleans. And I'm really, really bad at 
toes to bar, like whatever the heck they are, just like pick the things and be like, interesting. Like now I can decide what I want to do with this. I'll go have a conversation with my coach. Who's like, yeah, I knew that, but here's how we would change it. You said like the revolution, you have to also remember they're the people that go to the CrossFit games, they are doing the open too. Granted, they are not trying as hard because they have a much longer season ahead of them than likely anybody listening to this podcast does, but you would not go step on the field and try to catch the throw from TB12 and be like, yeah, like this is going to go really, really well. Like I'll hang like it's okay. It's okay to just have fun with it. It's also okay to not give a flying fuck about how well you do and just enjoy it. We are, I think, talking a lot to people that get really worked up about their placement and things like that. That's sort of who the rest of this episode was directed at. If you go to a CrossFit gym and the open is a fun thing for you to do and you work out two to five times a week for an hour in class and you have a fucking ball what is better than that? That is the entire point. That is actually what this was supposed to be. This is what this was originally meant to do is get everyone involved to have a ton of fun and give you a test to reference for the coming year and the subsequent years, you know, as you move through just being a CrossFitter in general. If you want to have fun, do not let the competition aspect of it make you feel like you have to wait until you're a certain amount of fit to like participate or any of that shit, because it doesn't matter. We are talking down people that are way too ramped up. If you are like, yeah, like I kind of thought like this was fine. Like I just kind of wanted to have fun. Do it like absolutely do it. It is so much fun. And it's great to have a benchmark against yourself of, Oh, I'm getting fitter. That's great for anybody of any level. I think that if you can do that, you are ahead of the curve already. And you honestly are probably going to, in the long term, outperform someone who is all up in their head about it, but not making the long term changes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the people we've seen be the best at CrossFit in a short period of time do not last, right? It's a very stressful sport, very neurologically demanding, can be very taxing on joints and ligaments, especially if you move crazy. There are plenty of people. I mean, a handful of people instantly come to mind who are like, they have that, whatever the shooting star effect, right? Like everyone notices them. They're flying across the, your whatever point of view. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, they're gone forever. Like a, a handful of people in our building alone who were like, oh yeah, like that person like very quickly became the best at exercise around here. And then everyone's like, oh, what are they up to? And it's like, oh, they participated in like two opens lifetime and snap their shit up and now they like don't really exercise if you look at the people who end up being actually the best like they end up being one of the best in the world not one of the best people in your koi pond like it's not a two-year thing it's a five to ten year thing absolutely and i think that that's a good place to wrap if you are doing the open i hope you enjoy it if you are not going to make a single fucking dollar off of this keep in mind you are also paying you're paying to do this. You are not only not making money, you are taking coins out of your coin purse and throwing them at a massive company. You deserve to have fun. Have a fucking good time because if you're not getting paid for this, it is not your job and it should not be stressful like a job is. So enjoy it. Get tips from your coaches. Have somebody walk you through it that has done it before, a coach that knows their shit, not a coach that has you know, 27 injuries a year, you need to be asking the right people and you will be just fucking fine. Until next time, I want to thank Rob and have a wonderful rest of your day, guys.
Bye-bye.